episode, we are talking with Kelsey Gibbs, kindergarten teacher at Nautilus Elementary in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Kelsey shares her experiences with CKLA, as well as some tips for kindergarten teachers using CKLA for the first time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have Kelsey Gibbs with me. Kelsey is a kindergarten teacher at Nautilus Elementary School in the Lake Havasu School District, which is in Lake Havasu, Arizona. Kelsey, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> oh, I, I I really appreciate you being on. I had the opportunity to actually see uh, Kelsey teach a CKLA lesson when we visited the Lake Havasu School District, and I was so impressed that I really wanted to have her on because Implementing CKLA is tough no matter what grade um, you're doing it in. Um, I think each grade level has their own unique challenges, Um, but for kindergarten especially, because the program is very different than what kindergarten teachers are used to. Um, So I really wanted to have Kelsey on to talk about what her experience were and um, any advice that she could give kindergarten teachers who are listening. So I'd love to start off with you just telling a little bit about yourself. So like you said, Kristen, I am from Lake Havasu City. I work at Nautilus Elementary. Um, I actually have my master's degree in autism spectrum disorders um, curriculum and instruction. And I am also a national board certified teacher as an early childhood generalist. Uh, This is my 11th year teaching. uh, And uh, my fun fact is that when we moved to Lake Havasu, when I was in fifth grade, I went to Nautilus. So I am a Nautilus dolphin through and through. That's, and that's I'm also amazing. getting married in 29 days. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, that's pretty amazing that you're able to teach at the school that you went to. Um, yes. Even though, even if it was just for fifth grade, but that's, that is awesome. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about how you were introduced to CKLA? And then I would love to find out what your initial reaction was to the program. So I, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was now. Our district was looking into um, putting a classical um, style school into our school district. And so this CKLA had been brought up as a curriculum that they were talking about using to put in with this academy. And so everyone was really interested in it. So of course I went and looked and I found the free version online and I downloaded and I read through everything. And I was like, Oh, I love this. I thought that there was a lot of really good qualities, but it was very different than what we were currently using. And I wanted to try things with it, but I didn't know where to begin because it was a lot of different moving parts. And like I said, we weren't using it at my campus. It was just being used a different site. So I was like, Ooh, I wonder how I could bring some of this into it, but I never fully wrapped my brain around it and took like the time to look through it. And then a couple of years later, we were told that we were all moving towards it. And I was honestly really excited. Um, we haven't had a full like reading program since I started teaching in the district. So that just the idea of getting a program was exciting. Um, we had a phonics program, but we didn't have like every, we had like little pieces, but not anything that encompassed all of, you know, ELA. So I was excited to dive into it once we got the materials. So. 
I had I had the opportunity to actually see you, as I said, teach a lesson. And it was amazing how engaged your students were. Um, and I and I think it was because you have embraced it, which not all teachers do, um, especially veteran teachers. You know, they have a program that they're used to. They're used to teaching in a certain way. In kindergarten, you're teaching sounds first and not letters. You're not yeah. doing a letter every week like it used yep. to be back in the mm-hmm. day. So it it's really a diff. You have to shift your mindset completely when you yes. go. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. And I think that that was maybe part of the part, part of the reason I backed off of it when I first looked at it, because it was so different than what we were using. I was like, how can I put this all together? Um, and so, yes, it, it is a huge mindset shift, but ultimately when we were told we were using it, I was like, well, we're going to go head first. We're just going to jump in and I have to trust what, what the program is to see if it's actually going to work before I can be like, oh, this is too much. This is different than what we're doing. And I really, truly said, let's do it. Let's just do it all. And then we'll see what we have to, you know, modify or whatever. But I do think you have to have the right mindset in order for you to be successful. So, so how are your students doing with CK? Like, cause now this is like your second full year of mm-hmm. implementation versus, and I know you really didn't have like a program, but you had some phonics and you were pulling together some other things. So, um, what, what have you seen as just the challenges with the implementation of CKLA, um, and then also the successes. So let's start with successes. I have come to really love teaching it. I think that um, once you find your groove, which is kind of like the con- uh, uh, challenge, getting a flow, figuring it out. So this year I feel way more successful because I know all the parts of it, but I love teaching it. I love the flow of it. And now that I know where we're ending, and seeing what they do, I can understand the process. My kids this year have progressed so much more than they did with our previous phonics program. And it really is because we moved so slow in the beginning and then they move so fast at the end, but like the kids are ready for it. And the writing that's coming out of them, the the reading skills, the fact that, you know, by Christmas time, they're blending and reading words is a huge change from what we were previously doing, especially when you're teaching just a letter a week, it takes you a really long time to get through all of the letters. And so um, that's the successes. Uh, My first grade team is loving the kids that are coming up. They're saying, oh my goodness, they're they're seeing a huge difference in like their readiness to move further and reading those, you know, multi-syllable words and being able to um, write and spell with them. But like I said, some of the challenges are getting into that flow because it is so different than what we've always done in the past of a letter a week and or spending multiple days on a letter. And that was hard. And it was also hard teaching sounds versus the letters. I still like, you know, you still mess it up every once in a while. You're like, oh, that's an M. But you're like, mm, nope, that's the sound. Mm. And switching that was a huge change. And honestly... I think the hardest part for me, because I'm like, do they need to know these letters? And then if you're using, you know, dibbles, that's a big problem. Like if they're letter naming, so everyone's like, well, they don't know letter naming. And so I'm just trusting the process currently. Um, 
fitting everything in can be a challenge. Also, there's so many moving parts, especially when it comes to the knowledge piece of it. There's, you know, a short amount of time and depending on when you're teaching it during the day, like I teach it after lunch, sometimes it is a lot harder to keep their engagement for that amount of time. But, um, ultimately I feel like even through all those challenges, as I've pushed through what they, what they parts I am giving them, they are successful with it and they're retaining information and the reading that they're doing and the knowledge that they're like telling and like remembering and being able to repeat is mind blowing the vocabulary they're using. And the, I have parents messaging me to, they're like, did you talk about these native American tribes today? And they like list off. I was like, yep, we sure have been talking about all of those. And they're like, I've never thought my kids would talk about that before or whatever concept we're talking about their, The parents are like, wow, I didn't think that they would know what that meant. And so it's really cool to see like if we give them the material, the students will take the material and they love it to an extent. Like they're like, oh, and I, it's, it's really fun to see what they can get out of it. So I love two things that you brought up. One about the knowledge piece and about that people, the expectations sometimes are set so low, especially for the younger ones. And they're like, there's no way you know, that my, my class is going to be able to wrap their brain around X, Y, or Z, but they can. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I have heard some unbelievable discussions that five and six-year-olds have had, um, even around, and I, this is, people are going to be like, this is crazy. Um, (laughs) when you are talking about the pilgrims and this particular house was talking about like the religious aspect of it and about respecting religions and respecting other people. And that was just a total side thing that the teacher never brought up. This was a class discussion. And if you challenge your students to your point, they will rise to the occasion and they're just, they just love the knowledge. They just love to absorb anything, I think, um, within that age bracket. And the second thing was about the dibbles. And I'm so glad you brought that up (laughs) because I actually asked that of your district um, support. And they, I know, give you guys grace about that. There's an Mm -hmm. understanding. And I think that school leaders need to understand that people at district level need to understand you're going to see, you're not going to see the growth until the end because dibbles is going to ask, for letter name recognition. And that's just not part of the program until way later in the year. Yes. And it's a stab in the heart when you're like working so hard with all these kids. And then I know like, we don't, you don't want to put all the weight on dibbles, but like, you know, you want to see that growth and you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And you look at it and it's just the letter naming. And I'm like, you know what, if it's just the letter naming and they're making growth in all these areas and they're exceeding expectations in all these other areas, then we're still doing our job. And ultimately, if I'm using my program with fidelity, they're not going to have the letter naming because we literally just started teaching it in December. So, and so yes, going back to the, the knowledge part of it also, if you give them the, the content knowledge, they will take it. We finished, we're working on a weather today. So we are talking about, 
you know, the different seasons. And so I was like showing them, I was like, you know, it goes in this big circle. And they're like, it's like a, a cycle. And I was like, yeah. And they started telling me about all the different cycles. And then the fact that they can, you know, make those connections to prior things. I'm like, this is why we do this. But I won't lie, knowledge can be very dry after lunch sometimes, but you have to just find your own way to like make it your own. And I think that this year I've been able to bring in more of my style into the learning. And I think that's all that you have to do. Like I'm still giving them the content and the introduction to all of these things, but then bringing in the kindergarten like piece of it too, because, you know, kindergartners are their own little craziness, especially after lunchtime. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I, I have several friends that teach in the primary grades and they always say, you can, you can change the how, but not the what. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Changing the what gets you in trouble. We don't want you doing that because yep. it, it, it spirals and it builds, but you can always change the how, how yes. you deliver it. And it might be different what you're doing this year for this class. And it might next year could be something completely different because you have a different group of kiddos. This class loves the videos that are pre-made of the read-alouds. They prefer to watch the lady read it over me because they read it faster. So um, I always play the videos this year, but last year um, I would just like put it up on my smart board and turn the lights out when we were at the movie theater and the class loved that we were at the movie theater. But yeah, you have to change it up and you have to like change your voices and make it very engaging because it is a different style. Like, you know, when you're doing a read aloud, the book, the pictures are just different and kids aren't used to that style of picture. You know, it's talking about historical things. So the pictures just look different. And so I think that, you know, how you introduce it and how you bring your character and the inter engagement and interaction with it is what makes the difference for that piece of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So speaking of kind of that, what kind of prep are you doing with CKLA versus what you have done in previous years? Because it takes a lot. Yeah. uh, Mostly a lot of the prep comes from, you know, you have to be reading ahead. You have to know what's coming because it's not really something you can do a dry, like teach on, like you have to know the background on it. You have to know like, Oh, um, we're starting with this, but we're moving towards this concept by the end of it. And that's why we're teaching through all of these things. And so, um, you know, making sure that you have a, a, a understanding of the why you're teaching that. And then, um, you know, even just reading, reading the stories ahead of time and knowledge, or like knowing the words that you're going to be using for your skills review and things like that. I think it really just is a lot of reading, um, creating sometimes charts or those things. I do like to do a lot of that with my class in the room. I like to build things with them. So I don't spend as much time creating charts beforehand, maybe just like the labels and things. I will say I spend a lot of time tearing workbooks. (laughs) That is a big one. And I know that's a personal choice of like wanting to have those papers prepped and ready, but um, that's probably the biggest prep difference is the sorting workbook pages. So what advice would you give to other kindergarten teachers that are in that first year of implementation or they're going to be implementing next year? First and foremost, like trust the process. Uh, It's big and scary and you might not get through the whole program, but you have to keep on trucking. Trust the process and know that 
there's a reason for every step of it. Like, is it crazy that we spend the first month and a half of school drawing lines? Yeah, it's slow and tedious work. But when they're writing, you have all of the good vocabulary to teach the writing. And so like, keep it going, keep, keep on the pace and know that like, in the end, you'll have a really awesome reward. But in that same part, like if you don't get through every single unit at the end, I, it's, I feel like it's built in, in the next grade level to like go back just a little bit, but I feel like it's more detrimental if you don't like do every step before that, you know, we, we didn't all the way finish unit 10 in skills, but that's okay because first grade retaught that, you know, so just making sure you're hitting all the parts, like not skipping out on lessons just to finish it all. Yes. The last two units of kindergarten are the first two units of first grade. So that was a great point. Like it, I mean, get as much, go through the entire process. We don't want you to like be on, you know, unit five, but you know, right. Knowing that. And so you have that cushion that your first grade team, they're going to be doing the review of, of those last two units in their first two units. So and, and it builds as you get through, you know, the next year you might be able to get through, you know, all but the last, and then yep. maybe someday you get to it, but um, then it becomes like an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> I even feel like <laughs> I, yeah, I even feel like I'm moving a little bit quicker and I know like what things like, okay, we can, you know, some of the assessment pages groups last year when we like paced it, we were like, oh, we can do all these assessment days together. But some of those assessment days have really good material that you should be teaching also. So it's really just knowing and going through the curriculum just to see like what what's all there. There's so many hidden treasures. And I guess the other thing that I could say too, um, as a challenge going back a little bit too, is um, there's so many different materials and resources through CKLA. Like I was just thinking the fact that there's all of those like um, at the end of each lesson, you have all of these remediation activities that you can go back and do. And so like, there's lots of materials that you can, that go along with what you're teaching and that you have access to. And so like, if you are, kids are struggling in a certain way, you have lots of resources to utilize and go back if you have to and, or keep moving forward. If that kind of makes sense. So there's so many resources. I always even forget what there is until I'm like, you know, I really need an activity and then I can find it somewhere in the books. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. There, there, there is a ton of resources for remediation as well um, in the assessment and remediation guides, which are only online um, because they're over 400 pages or some unbelievable number, maybe even more than, more than that. So, um, they should not, they could be printed, but you shouldn't print them. <laughs> you can always just diving through what you need. Yep. yep. Just find what you need. I always like, I needed some uh, segmenting practice. So I went digging and I was like, okay, well, can I go back for some more segmenting hands-on activities for that? So yep. lots of options. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kelsey. We really thank appreciate you. taking the time. Um, and, and she is actually doing this after school, after clubs, and she took some time to talk with us and we really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you chatting with me today. (laughs) 